William Jones in 1790 came up with a idea of a sheet anchor of Indian history, and he realized that the Greek accounts in the invasion of Alexander in 323 BCE, uh, they had a king named Xandrams as a contemporary of Alexander, and then uh, he was in search whether Indian accounts. is there any name which will match with that and he came out with a suggestion that chandragupta maurya would have been that person now those who have read those greek accounts you know that when alexander came his direct contemporary as mentioned in those accounts is xandrams compare the chandramsha with xandrams actually it's a mistake to consider xandrams as chandrakotas xandrams is contemporary to alexander as sandragotas is the king of palibotra whom megasthenes visited so sandragotas most probably would be the chandragupta of the gupta dynasty and xandrams would be the chandramsha of the naga dynasty do you think this is a some indescript king no s c raichaudhary already observed that this chandramsha is the king of this iron pillar of meroli this pillar actually used to be in the udaygiri in vidisha and the inscription clearly says that this king won the territory all the way from balika to the banga uh namaskar i am rugendra vinod and i am back with srijan talks previously you might remember that we discussed the geography of saraswati and aryavarta as per the vedic ritualistic manuals uh, unfortunately the general feedback has been that the talks were too obscure and uh, people could not really comprehend what probably i intended to say uh partly i am to blame because my styles are probably not refined but partially all of us are also to blame because we are so far away from our vedic heritage we have lost the language the rituals the even the you know the customs we have you know it has become for us a sort of a foreign account ourselves now this time but i have a uh, very interesting discovery to share with you uh it is about the puranic chronology now some of us who have not studied sanskrit language or is neither aware of the uh generally the what is called sacred literature we may not be aware that the so called puranas which are supposed to be mythological accounts and you know people have ideas about them but then they have a uh, quite a uh, nice looking chronological account all the way from yudhishthir to the period of guptas now scholars have been already studying this though general public may not be aware of this but uh, whatever they have done whether it is a service or a disservice is a difficult thing to even decide why 
because william jones in 1790 came up with a idea of a sheet anchor of indian history he was already a student of greek literature and he was as a foreigner looking at this bharatiya ancient literature and he realized that the greek accounts in the invasion of alexander in 323 bce uh, they had a king named zandrams as a contemporary of alexander and then uh, he was in search whether indian accounts is there any name which will match with that and he came out with a suggestion that chandragupta maurya would have been that person later on max muller in 1860 took it up and then put a you know seal of authority on it that yes this is the sheet anchor of indian history that sandra cotas or zandrams is the chandragupta maurya and later historians uh they have reinforced it by finding this rock edicts and pillars of so called devanam priya priyadarshi ashoka as the ashoka maurya though there is no mention of maurya there there is nothing to directly tell us that it is the maurya dynasty ashoka but then there are some silonis accounts and etc and it was settled later on that this has to be the ashoka maurya the time has been already fixed for chandragupta maurya and that is 323 bc so naturally ashoka maurya also would be in the 3rd century bc and the whole history has been set up with this now on the other side bharatiya scholars since the 19th century itself have been bitterly contesting this sheet anchor and they have been searching as to the right answer to this uh, sort of uh, you know speculative and speculative uh, whatever identification you have done cannot be the sheet anchor sheet anchor has to be something which is very highly reliable something which all parties can easily agree upon that is the sheet anchor that is supposed to be the sheet anchor but here so is not the case bharatiyas have been contesting this sheet anchor itself and we have recently discovered a very interesting uh, bilateral identification now if you see what they did they only found the indian king's name in the greek accounts but for two linear lists to be put into equivalence what you need is a bilateral identification a greek king also should be identified in indian accounts and its contemporary indian king should be identified in the other accounts then only we can say that these two linear lists have been now made parallel or made equivalent and then linearly we can look into the periods which are not available in the other history say indian accounts of say previous times are not available in greek account so then we can put them into the timeline now if this is agreeable to everybody uh, it would be very interesting to know whether greek kings have, have they been named in indian accounts somewhere where contemporary indian king also has been named by greek account this is the question and happily 
I am at least uh, suggesting that I had a theory for the complete chronology slowly developed over based upon my previous discoveries which I shared with you and uh, which were about the geography and geography needed space time. So, I was little discussing the time frame over there, but here now I will be talking about precise years based upon evidences. So, the invitation had the true timeline uh, which was suggested by the editors, but then actually I feel that it would I would rather claim it to be authentic timeline. Now, what is the difference? True is for the divine. Satyanavai Devaha, Anrutena Manushyaha, Humanam is to air. We are, you know, we are bound to air. We are, we are tentative. We have to grow. And we can be only, as we say, Pramanika. We can gather a knowledge based on certain evidences. If properly gathered. And then we have to use the correct rules of logic. We should not err in inferring. And then we can know our past. We are not clairvoyants. We cannot see in the past. Neither, you know, if we assume in our literature that people were Trikala Darshi, then probably all accounts are defied. So, the modern scholarship requires that we base our theories on evidences and proper methods of inferences. And I endeavored to do it in this uh, and uh, you are the judges to see whether we have, I have succeeded. I will start with the end results because most of us would be <laughs> uh, not interested in actually how we came to certain conclusions. So, I am first coming to the conclusions. Now, these are the direct results of Puranic dynasties of what is called Kali age. In fact, there was a book uh, by Parjitar uh, of, uh, of a very similar title and he did uh, uh, a great effort in collecting the Puranas, the manuscripts and various readings he collected there. But he could not, uh, he was baffled with the long durations of dynasties which uh, he was not ready to admit. And you know, he was already fixated with the idea of the sheet anchor with 322 BC as the time of Chandragupta Maurya. So, naturally he was, uh, he had to do, undo all these things rather and we have not undone anything. We have taken the evidence as it is, but then what we needed there was, if you see, these lists begin with Yudhishthira epoch. They basically their sheet anchor or the zero period is Yudhishthira epoch. And now this Yudhishthira epoch, which is also the birth of uh, Parikshita, it starts with that. How, now the question was for us, how does one gather in our times? Like how do we relate to that Yudhishthira epoch? How do we find out that? Uh, there is a there was a very direct specific year mentioned for it in terms of Shaka year. The testimonies of Garga as found in Barahamir's Samhita, and it goes like Yudhishthir 
period lasted for 2526 years before shaka so this is obvious that if we know the shaka year we can easily go to the yudhishthira epoch but then how to get the yudhish uh, shaka epoch i will come to it later on when i discuss the uh, methods as to how we have derived this but then <coughs> if you look at this i have started with the aryabhatiyam epoch now aryabhatami is the Aryabhata first is well known to be the first Paurusheya Siddhanta astronomer of Bharata. Now his epoch has been as we will show later there are certain ways to derive this Aryabhatiyam epoch which is we have discovered it to be 26 March minus 163. Now, this minus 163 is the astronomical counting, which turns out to be 164 BCE. Okay. Now, if we put this as the Aryabhatiyam epoch, then we have two alternate ways of coming to the Yudhishthir epoch. First is to go to Kali age by adding 3179 to this uh, Shaka era and then from there, we can bring by Kalans Raj Tarangini by minor, direct, uh, uh, um, subtracting 653 from it and the end result is what we have is 3762 is the Kali age and 3109 is the Yudhishthir epoch. For the time being, we will assume that what I have done is right and let us see the result. So, now this 3109 is not much different from that 3102 for the Kali age which is generally popularly known and I will show as to why this is a the difference of 8 years is not very important. The methodology, the way it has been derived, the evidence based approach that distinguishes this study and now what happens further? This once we assume that this 3109 minus or 3110 BCE as some Yudhishthira epoch and we will not discuss the Mahabharat war as such here. We are not much in, we are not interested in Mahabharat war as such, but we are interested in the result that we derive which is at yet non, unknown. So, what we see is then there is a Bharatratha dynasty of 32 kings uh, lasting for a thousand years and we come up to 2109. Now, if you try to correlate the physical evidences which are available to us already, then we know that in 2109 what is flourishing is in Bharata the Harappan civilization is flourishing in the Sindhu Sauvira region and there is a OCP culture flourishing in the Ganga Yamuna plains. Presently, scholars are yet to accept that Ganga Yamuna also had a civilization in this period, which is the OCP period. But the radiocarbon dating is an absolute dating method and it is now bringing up the, the new data and it is absolutely confirmed that Ganga Yamuna was not empty as would have been suggested by the previous studies. It was not empty. 
it uh, it had a culture and that culture is known by them as ocp ochre colored pottery culture now it is followed by five kings of 138 years and we come all the way up to 1971 this is the end of almost if you remember it is the end of almost that harappan culture and literature wise we see that this is the twilight of vedic period and sankhya yoga these are the tantric or the tarkic uh, um, veda avirodh sampradayas which are coming up in bharata and then we have this shishunaga period 10 kings 362 years and this has been known from other literature that the gautama buddha was a contemporary of this dynasty of shishunagas and this is also the last kshatriya period so the vedic way of uh, janapadas and uh, kurus panchalas ikshvakus came to an end at at this time with the rise of nanda as the first imperial system nanda was the one puranas mention that he was like the other parshurama he destroyed all the kshatriyas and he is in fact the one of the most important characters of this puranic chronology and here ended the vedic phase and a new phase started probably the lipi also began here there is a you know a huge increase in the literature which can happen only when scribing is there because the previous literature has been oral it has to be remembered verbatim which only you know very little of it can be done like this unless it is very sacred nobody would uh, put that much effort into it but now with the probably invention of the lipi we have a lot of literature of this period now we this is followed by mauryas uh the literature is kautilya arthashastra guriya sutra and even the epic the mahabharata epic appears to be written post this period and it lasted for 137 years the the so called ashoka also naturally would happen in this period we will remember this this was followed by shunga now there this is a um, very interesting dynasty because there was a pushyamitra shunga the originator of this dynasty which uh, the modern historians are identifying with the one being mentioned in patanjal mahabhashya but there remember that it is also contemporary to yavanas according to the patanjal evidence patanjal mahabhashya evidence this pushyamitra is a what a whoer pushyamitra there it doesn't say shunga remember and we will show here that this is a misidentification we have another pushpamitra below the line and we will show that he is actually a contemporary of the yavanas okay so it was followed by kanvayanas and the andras now this andras appears to be the one uh, where the shabar mimamsa bhashya because he often refers to an the tradition of andras referring to themselves as raja he mentions this so this andras and they lasted up to minus 759 okay now 
these are the edges without any manipulation as they are we have plotted them onto this timeline and this is followed this andhra period is interestingly the sort of a end of indigenous period till now foreigners have not been mentioned in this account and now follows the cumulative period of 1090 years it starts with andhravrutyas then abhiras then gardavilas now these gardavilas are very interesting there is an account in indian uh, uh, other jaina accounts where it is said that these gardavilas were the ones where who were displaced by the shakas and it is confirmed by this puranic list and if you see when we plot the timings it actually comes to 3179 years from the that bharat epoch 2526 years from the uh, yudhishthira epoch and in terms of our epoch it is minus 583 which is the proposed shaka epoch as we will see this is a very important point to note that it is all coherent it is all it is sort of a jigsaw puzzle which is falling in place if you place one piece correctly then rest of the pieces will fall accordingly and you won't have to cut the pieces like usually it has to be done when you are basically your theory is wrong what you will have to do is you will have to manipulate the evidences you will have to pick and choose but if your theory is right then all the evidences uh, at ease will fall into place there will be no anomalies and that is rather the you know that is the test of the theory and then something new should be thrown up by the theory which precisely that is what we are here to share with this ends that period of 1090 years ends at 144 3440 from the uh, bharata epoch and uh, minus 322 now notice this this is precisely 323 bce end of the period which included if you notice shakas yavanas turushkas gurundas maunas hunas now it naturally means that these are all neighboring northwestern neighbors of india who have been attacking making incursions into the mainlands and they also had a reasonable position in indian king list they have been accommodated as the and if you notice this king list is a it has a is a feature of it that generally one only dynasty is mentioned at a time in the whole land of india max muller in his book he says that india doesn't have a national history and it is a very common saying nowadays that india did not have a india was never a political entity india was made into a one single political entity by uh, probably mughals and then later on by the british but then look at these accounts these accounts for the whole of this big mainland all the way from gandharas to the uh banga the vidya avanti all is included and they have only one dynasty at a time how if they didn't have an idea of a political entity but the truth is in the vedic times kings were independent 
there is to be one whoever has to perform rajasuya he has to make a digvijaya but he doesn't displace anybody and then there is a single law prevalent throughout the land and because the brahmanas and vaishyas and shudras they don't really have an affinity to the land the affinity to the land is for that ruling clan of the kshatriyas that is why they would be called kurus in the kuru janapada so janapada name and kshatriya names are same so now with this uh, what we come to is 323 bc this very interesting period begins it is said that this is a period of contemporary rulers this is sort of when india was in a tumultuous situation there was not a single ruler who is a, who can claim to be the ruler of the whole land and then so many claimants and who are they notice this this says it is kill kiya yavanas kill kiya yavanas because of these dates which i was bringing in i noticed this now these accounts have been there already with everybody but nobody ever thought that there these names make any sense and now it has suddenly at least to me it has it has started making sense a lot of sense in fact if you see and i will try to convince you that uh, well it is at least interesting look at this this is kilkia greeks yavanas are greeks now do you know what is kilkia kilkia is the province of present day turkey which was the actually the kingdom of seleucus nicator seleucus nicator was the king of kilkia and this puranic list is mentioning kilikia yavanas and who are the who is this contemporary sada chandra chandramsha of naga dynasty now sada note this name sada chandra chandramsha now those who have read those greek accounts you know that when alexander came his direct contemporary as mentioned in those account is zandrams compare the chandramsha with zandrams and do you think this is a some indescript king no sc raichaudhary already observed that this chandramsha is the king of this iron pillar of meroli this pillar actually used to be in the udaygiri in vidisha and the inscription clearly says that this king won the territory all the way from balika to the banga now this matches with the zandrams of alexander they are contemporaries and this is the bilateral identification you have the greek king in indian account along with his contemporary indian king and that indian king is also there in the greek account now this is the bilateral identification and this would prove that whatever they were thinking that chandragupta as sandragotus actually that sandragotus is in the megasthenes account and just following this contemporary period of 106 years which would end in minus 216 we have the beginning of the gupta period which was as is well known was begun by chandragupta 
Now notice that Megasthenes came actually at least 50 years after Alexander. And the Greek accounts are very, when I read the original accounts, it is actually it's a mistake to consider Xandrams as Sandracotus. Xandrams is contemporary to Alexander and Sandracotus is the king of Palibotra whom Megasthenes visited. So, Sandracotus most probably would be the Chandragupta of the Gupta dynasty and Xandrams would be the Chandramsha of the Naga dynasty and he would be somewhere here and this would be somewhere here. Now, this is the discovery. Now, how does one, how, do, how have we come to this? Remember, we basically came because we, as, we worked out the through evidences, through Indian literature and other secular literature, sacred and secular literature, both literatures we have used. And we have another very interesting thing, which is called absolute dating of literature. That is another proposal that we wish to make through this talk. That just like we had this radiocarbon dating method, which is an absolute way of dating the archaeological antiquities. We need to have, because, because Indian literature has been, you know, uh, um, uh, everybody is trying to fetch it to its own position. So, it has been torn apart. So, if we really want to put Indian literature into shape, we need to have some absolute method. And we are suggesting here that the, the records of observation about the precessional position. Now, precession is a phenomena which has been not claimed by Indian mathematicians or astronomers. So, there is no chance of extrapolation because you are now anyways not having a theory for that. So, you cannot extrapolate precessional observations and we will show that how our literature basically supports this uh, chronology or the timeline. The most important is that I shared with you and how we reconstructed. Now, this is something we most of us are unfamiliar, but we have we have got to be familiar with. I am not to blame. Eh? I am not obscure, and that blame is not because on to me. So we have to. Uh, this chronicle appears to be preserved by court poets or priests. So this is a sort of a secular part in a sacred literature. It has nothing to do with their, uh, you know, one may disregard their uh, other concepts as mythology and superstition. But this has nothing to do with mythology or superstition. This is a plain chronology as would be found in any, uh, anywhere in the world. And uh, this is the most important data that we have to figure out how this list is to be you know, interpreted in our times. What it simply says is, Yudhishthir epoch is 2526 before Shaka. So, if we know the Shaka epoch, we know the Yudhishthir epoch and we can start the list straight away. It is as simple as that. But unfortunately, it was not as simple because Shaka epoch itself became a debatable issue.
Bharatiya historians had to, you know, they have been, you know, <laughs> making a great effort to find out what exactly would be this Shakaipo. Uh, I will show how I came to it. Varamir mentions a Romak epoch. In his book Pancha Siddhantika, he talks of a Roma, Romak Siddhanta, which he takes as 427 Shaka as the, its base year. Now, this Romak has been shown by his various accounts, especially the, the duration of the year that he uses as Romak's year is actually exactly that of Hipparchus. Now, this Hipparchus is a well-known uh, astronomer of Rome in Rhodes Island and it is well accepted by all that he belonged to 190 BC to 120 BC. So, when would one expect Romak epoch? Naturally, one would expect it to be in this time. If Hipparchus is observing something and it has been borrowed by Varamir, then would he change the epoch? No. And it is it has it has to correspond to 427. Now, this is uh, for those who have not uh, actually uh, made any effort into this, it might be very difficult as to what I am pointing to, but uh, rather than jump, I will come to it as to what actually it means. So, remember that 427 Shaka has to be somewhere in the 1st or 2nd century BCE. Uh, this is also confirmed by Varamir's own observation. He says that summer solstice in his times has began to happen in Punar Vasu Nakshatra. Now, this is his direct record of observation, which can be only put into the 1st century BC and not as is claimed later on in by the modern uh, scholars. He is claimed in the, if you read any, if you open any internet page, you will, it, it will begin like this, Varamir the 6th century AD astronomer of India. It will begin like this. So, he has been put to the 6th century AD, while his own observation is possible only in 1st century BC and it also fits well with the kind of epoch that he uses in his book called Romak epoch. Now, we will show similar to Varamir, Varamir refers to a further even previous astronomer called Aryabhata. And Aryabhata's epoch is known to be 421 Shaka. And we will later on show also actually how it actually happens. But we demonstrated for ourselves that it is only possible in 26 March minus 163. And of course, this is through the help of modern software uh, this simulators which are using the best astronomical uh, theories of present to recreate past heavens we are not recreating terrestrial phenomena heavens which are quite reliable and though the errors uh, uh, increase as we go further back into the times but around uh, this period they are fairly accurate and we have been able to uh, convince ourselves that yes Aryabhatiyam epoch that he uses in his Aryabhatiyam is 26.3 minus 163 and this directly leads if you add 421 
to this we get minus 583 as the epoch of shakas and from this what we will next do is that was plain simple we we add that 2526 said by garga and we come to 3109 for yudhishthira epoch and we add 3179 to the same shaka epoch we come to the bharata age as claimed by aryabhatiyam we'll discuss this how they are different and why and it is all fair it has been already recorded in indian uh, literature as to such a difference is a valid difference another confirmation of this uh, actually as we'll um, uh, probably someday invite him also here vedavir arya in 2015 he published a book very shows that kurtakoti kurtakoti copper plates they confirm this 583 bc he takes it as 583 bc which actually it should be minus 583 which is actually 584 bc as the shaka epoch so remember we had evidences we had texts and even epigraphs which so this is evidence based so i will point them out the ihal epigraph very well known for those who are studying in that area of course it is in badami it is supposed to be of a early chalukya dynasty and pulkeshi 2 and then uh, it simply says that 3735 years elapsed from bharata war in kali age and also it's a by dated it's a dual dated uh, epigraph very interesting it simply says 556 years in shaka so if you put this together it is simply what the difference between two you will find it is 3179 and in fact all the indian astronomers have been using this that add 3179 to shaka years to get the kali years this is a very common fact when they, they work out the argana the first first step that do, they do is you take the current shaka year the elapsed shaka years add 3179 to it and you get the kali years and then you convert you multiply by these and etc etc you do and then you get the day count like the modern astronomers get the julian date they get the julian day and that is how the astronomy is based even modern astronomy is based like that on julian day uh, indian astronomy was based on kali ahargana and that is how they used to do it only trouble is which shaka to use till now all the scholars unanimously have been using 78 ce shalivana shaka as the shaka now if you use now this is the <laughs> source of uh, all the trouble if you put 78 ce as a shaka epoch then what you get is the well known date 16 2-3101 as the kali epoch you might have heard of it if you ever taken interest in this this is a very famous 3102 BC is the uh, Kali age and that is also the Mahabharata and all scholars working in Mahabharata chronology and we will see uh, soon in February. Most of them would be talking about 36 years before this, 36 years after this because of the various Puranic accounts that you know it was the it, it started with the death of Krishna or it started with the going away of Yudhishthira and so on. So it is 36 years before and around but it is around this date only and all this is 
assuming 78 ce is the shakari port now is this clear now if you assume this 78 ce shaka what will happen you will reflect back upon what we were doing if it, if this is 78 ce shaka then naturally aryabhata will be in the 5th century ad and then uh, followed by varamir in the 6th century okay and then what will happen if aryabhata is in the 5th century his descriptions what is describing the sky he is saying that at chaitra shukla pratipada at chaitra shukla pratipada thus vernal equinox the sun has entered into vernal equinox in first point of aries meshaadi beginning of ashwini nakshatra also now where did he get from the, this mesha from of course he got it from the westerners he got it from the generally believed from babylonians and kaidians generally referred to as paulish siddhanta in our literature now if they borrowed the mesha rashi from paulish siddhanta one wonders as to why he should uh, manipulate the first point of mesha if he, if, if somebody borrows mesha would he not uh, naturally borrow the first point of mesha also as to where it begins that mesha rashi in the sky where it is supposed to begin and if it is happening there then as as i have shown if you really take what the romans and polish have been taking as the because mesha is prasiddha in their literature ashwini is prasiddha in your literature aryabhata is merging two and if he is merging both of them then it leaves no space for you to maneuver but to bring our shaka to 263 minus 163 and then our shaka epoch will be in 583 minus 583 which confirms with that our puranic list as i had shown before now how chronology is used chronology is used a laukik era called saptarshi era this is not an astronomical era it is merely a way of nomenclature of centuries centuries are named by the names of nakshatras so this is 27 nakshatras multiplied by 100 so this is a cycle of calendar for 2700 years and in that 2700 year calendar uh, this chronologies have been uh, enumerated and there in that garga sentence comes of 250 2526 years from shaka year as the yudhishthira epoch so you will remember this this is one of the most important evidences and from that uh, the nandas were there are other confirmations nandas are 1500 years in yudhishthira epoch and andras ended in 2336 years in yudhishthira epoch and that all fits and i was talking about the difference between that 3179 and 2526 it has been confirmed by this kallahana account which has which has baffled most of the scholars people have been claiming in fact the bharatiya scholars have been claiming that kallahana made a mistake either he made a mistake or even they claim that britishers for <laughs> like they 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 allege that buhler when he got this kallahana account in kashmir he made a forgery and he added a words there in kallahana's rajatarangini but uh, it appears to us uh, improbable also and unnecessary also because actually it is a in fact it is a nice confirmation of this difference of aryabhata's 
Yugapada and the Kali of the rest of the astronomers called Saur Siddhantas. Uh, I will not burden you with this, but actually uh, sufficient here to say that what people have been taking is Aryabhata had equal yugas, equal yugas. Remember, Kali, Dwapar, Treta, and Krita. For Aryabhata, they are all equal length. 10,80,000 years. And for others, if you are little uh, you are embarked on this uh, journey, you would know that it is in the ratio of 1 is to 2 is to 3 is to 4. So, 4,30,000 years is Kali, twice is Dwapar, thrice is Treta, and four times is Kruta. Total is again the same 43,20,000. That is the Yuga called Mahayuga by the Sauras and Yuga by Aryabhata. But point to be noted is naturally, how can the Kali be same actually? It need not be same. And it is anyways a mathematical extrapolation. Now, this is very important when one studies the evidences, especially you know when one is going into such past, one has to be very careful. What is your mathematical extrapolation? Not done today. Extrapolation done somewhere by Aryabhata. But extrapolation done by Aryabhata is an extrapolation nevertheless. It is not something which is observing. And what is observing in his times is a record of observation. Do you understand this difference? This is very important for us to understand. If even today, if I make an extrapolation, if I theorize, that has a, that has a different weight. Then if I observe something, and I am truthful, I am assuming in both cases I am truthful. Okay? So, this is how it goes. This 78C shaka, if you use, then there is a glaring disparity with the records of observation. As I just mentioned, their observation of the position of equinoxes, they simply don't match with the kind of assumption about their date comes. Okay? Now, this is the anomaly. And remember, any new theory has to come up to resolve an anomaly. If there is an anomaly in a present theory, we offer another theory. And if all the anomalies are resolved, then we start believing in that theory and then we will expect that theory to deliver a result. And that is what exactly it has done. It has delivered a result. It has delivered the result of Kilikilia Yavanas as a contemporary of Chandramsha. Remember this and the I am now basically what I am enumerating is now how the theory has been built up by us. So, the other uh, anomaly is the description of Baramir's, uh, you know, he, has, he describes the geography, he describes the Janapadas, he describes the people around him, contemporary people they have to be. And what he describes in Brihat Samhita, they simply do not exist in 5th century in India. He talks of Kurus and Panchalas and he talks of all sorts of things, you know. It simply does not exist out there. He does not talk of uh, Chalukyas and he does he does not talk of them. He talks of Ashmaka Janapada, which was the Janapada of Aryabhata. It does not exist anymore in 5th century. Aryabhata is well known to be of Ashmak Janapada. It was present in 2nd century BC and it has disappeared around this time. So, these are the anomalies for which to resolve them, we needed a theory. Now, these are the results of our method of precession, MOP, I am coining. And 
the whole literature can be sieved and salted for records of observation if it has something where it discusses seasons along with lunar months or because it, they do not they are not aware of the you know phenomena of precession but they will be discussing up there aware about they would be talking something like uh, falgun is the first month of shishira now you know falgun is the second month of almost vasanta there is a shift of almost 3 months then later on most of the literature would be talking maga is the first month of shishira very interesting there is naturally change of one month they when they talk of maga as the first month of shishira they also talk of shravan as the first month of rains all our smarta literature belongs to that period and it is actually 2000 years it takes 2000 years for such a shift and that is when the calendar is revised and the next revision of calendar was done when actually this was also no more tenable as baramir categorically says that in the previous times the shravishtardha um, the he says the ashleshardha was the solar solstice that was in the time of vedang jyotisha and then he says in my times it has started happening in punarvasu he states he still not aware of precession mind you he is not aware of theory of precession he is actually thinking it is a, it is some aberration uh, they call it the theory of trepidation they are thinking that the this equinox only shifts by 24 degrees along this uh, center of ashwini and uh, it comes back to ashwini after making a circle of 48 degrees and that is actually the time it takes for that it will take 3600 years and that is in fact how aryabhata is extrapolating from his time because he is assuming that in his time he is observing ashwini is happening in vernal equinox he assumes that in the beginning of this yuga also it was happening in ashwini which is absolutely false and hence he says he, he simply extrapolates that he, because according to his theory it will take 3600 years at the rate of 48 minutes uh, seconds for per year it takes 3600 years to make that complete uh, oscillation of 48 degrees and it comes back to ashwini and that is what he is thinking so this is all plain we can make it up this sort of a forensic analysis you know <laughs> because if somebody has made a mistake then one has to record that mistake also it's a genuine mistake and one has to sort this out and this is how the method of precession it it would be interesting because it connects our previous talks and it will show you how it actually gave the built up the confidence because ultimately you know these modern people have been saying vedas the rigveda is the oldest in 1000 500 bc at the most and so on you know from there to make such a bold step it needs confidence and for that one needs very some strong basis and that was given uh, as i developed in our previous talks uh, actually all the veda shakas unanimously talk of krutika as the nakshatra in the beginning of vasanta ritu and they also talk of at the same time they also talk of falgun purnima as the beginning of new year and falgun shukla paksha is the first paksha after winter solstice that is uttarayanam now all this is datable it is shifted by 82 degrees from present and it is datable to 3940 bc this was precisely the date that was given by tilak in orion and uh, well 
Taitira Somita, we further studied in detail and we found that Falgun Shukla Dashmi is the period in Taitira Somita and Tande Brahman datable to 3580 BC. And then we have Kaushitaki Brahman uh, datable to Mahagamavasya in winter solstice, uh, which comes to around 2860 BC. And then we have the late Shaka in the uh, Yadnivalkya tradition, Jaimini Brahman. Uh, we can bring it all the way up to Maga Krishna Ashtami called Ekashtaka in winter solstice that will come to 2360. And this is very important evidence. There is a text called Maitrayani Aranyaka. Now, this is a sort of a Khilakand of Vedas and it sort of refers to somebody like Gautam Buddha. Though it is debatable, it talks of one Bhagavan Shakya Putra. It talks of something like our. Um, and then uh, Maitrani Aranaka uh, is more interesting for us because it specifically for the first time in this literature mentions the, the, the Surya Nakshatra. Till now we never find Surya being, you know, Surya Nakshatra being mentioned directly. And here is something like, you know, a direct evidence. It says categorically that winter solstice is happening in Shravishta Ardha, which is datable to quite a precise time of around 240 years around this period of 1900 BCE. Now, this is all incontrovertible. Nobody can actually uh, take this anywhere and one can easily confirm this. And this Vedang Jyotish, another very interesting text, as we pointed out previously also, that it is in the post-Maurya phase. And this is Shavishthadi. It says, look at this. The Maitrani Aranika says Shravishta Ardha and this is says the winter solstice is happening in the beginning of Shravishta. Do you know? This is actually a statement of you know precession, but they are not aware that it is the phenomena is precession. They are thinking that, but but you know, they are not connecting these two, but they are simply stating as a record of observation in their present time. He says simply that winter solstice is happening in the beginning of Shravishta. Okay, and this is datable directly for us now easily to 1450. Is it not convincing? And then later literature, it, we can very easily show that, like you know, this Mahabharata text. If we, if you might be wondering as to where is Mahabharata epic? Mahabharata epic actually talks of Bhishma Nirvana in Maga Shukla Saptami. Very categorically, it says. Now people have been thinking that by some you know. Like scholars have been trying to fetch this by introducing some Adhik Masa 1 or 2 and then bring it back to the expected time of Mahabharata. But actually nothing of the sort is needed. What it simply shows that in the times of Mahabharata, when actually it is being written, when it is actually being composed, it is happening, the winter solstice is happening in Mahakashukla Saptami, which is datable to around 1000 BC. And because they are unaware that this is a very systematic phenomena, they did not take care to extrapolate. They simply mentioned it as if it would be happening in the times of Mahabharata also. Do you understand this? Now, this is a very interesting thing. And of course, then last was the Aryabhata and Varahamira. And this is the method of precession. And this is, uh, I am suggesting as a method of historiography. How to judge the evidences? And in this light only, this is, the, this is a sort of a skeleton of Indian literature.
in this frame only one has to date those literatures if if somebody claims because of you know uh, relative measures like somebody says that our uh, the brahmanas would take 200 years to develop in india no nothing doing if it doesn't fit with this it is simply it is a vague claim anyways and hence it, it should be discarded so this is the way the way the uh, literature all the way up to the secular literature has been uh, dated of course after this uh, period we need not even have such data because lot more uh, refined data is available later on so this is the story of uh, lost shakai pok uh, so this is just a sort of a historical account not very important for our studies but uh, just to you know show that people have been searching it is not that uh, this is out of a blue uh, kota venkatachalam uh, he started this debate of lost shaka in uh, mid 50s actually it was raised by ts narayan shastri all the way in 19th century but he had some you know very uh, debatable claims like he says that he has a manuscript of kaliyuga rajavrtanta and i also wasted a lot of time actually this many this uh, this is nowhere to be found and such things can damage the search actually and studies uh, but anyways uh, uh, lately we have this vedvir arya and uh, his claim is based on the kurtakoti copper plate of and he uh, studied the total solar eclipse of 9 may minus 53 according to five millennia catalog of nasa and uh, he made a slight mistake there uh, he took minus 53 as 583 bc actually it should be corrected to 584 bc uh, and then uh, uh, this uh, we also would tell you that such a important epigraph you know this is a copper plate and it has been declared spurious by present modern historians it's a point to be noted if we push aside evidences like this you know then it can be really very dangerous but then of course when one has to be careful if they have already declared it spurious for some reasons like paleographic accounts and this and that one needs to study them and uh, we uh, we are not done all that study but because we have alternate ways of confirming this and uh, hence we can uh, take this as at least a lead and then uh, this is how we ended up with this aryabhatiyam epoch if we take 78 c as the shaka epoch then we worked out we worked out the you know through these modern simulations like what is the actual position of sky in let's say 498 499 nowhere in this period which is the expected 421 shaka for aryabhata nowhere does the chaitra shukla pratipada fall onto when the sun enters the vernal equinox this is a direct disproof of their assumption and it confirms our hypothesis that 263 minus 163 is the aryabhatiya epoch which is the most crucial one for our studies and uh, with this uh, rest was actually uh, sort of a which we already discussed and uh, this is a uh, another fall off of our theory if aryabhata would be in the second bc do you realize what would be the impact supposing this claim is you know valid then it would mean that is a world leader in mathematics and the history of science of the whole world will simply be revolutionized so naturally people are going to bitterly contest 
and of course the truth has to face such things right so um, uh, i welcome the scholars to challenge this verify uh, critically analyze this and and if it is if it stands it will be a wonderful benefit to bharatiya history well this is what the modern scholars have been doing so we are running out of time thank you